Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger, with a bottle of whiskey with me. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'm with Matt Basinger, who's my co-host. Matt's from Small Spark. We decided that we were either going to bring an axe or a bottle of whiskey to today's episode. You went whiskey. And we went whiskey because that was, oddly enough, what everybody wow. really wanted at Fighting 11 a.m. Okay, yeah. let's see what December holds. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what December holds, being filmed in November. Uh, We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios, and today's guest is Jillian Helm. Jillian is the CEO of Literacy KC. Jillian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, did you, by the way, get your whiskey and your coffee yet? Not yet, so if you could right. hook me up, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there just we go. bang the table okay, a bunch good. and make lots of noise for our listeners. Cool. Yep, sure, whatever you want. Jillian. You're three drinks in. Let's let's start with the, the biggest softball question. What do you all do? Literacy KC is an adult basic education organization. So we teach adults and families how to read, write, do math, get high school equivalencies, uh, speak English, mm -hmm. and um, get ready for workforce and college. Amazing. So let's dive yeah. into that because you just named nine or ten different things. Yes. Um, and I know that you all serve different folks in different ways, obviously. Um, but who, who are, what is the footprint of the types of folks that you're working with? Is it oftentimes folks who are doing English as a second language? Is it folks who maybe missed high school equivalencies for whatever reason? Like, how, how do you find people and who's coming to work with y'all? Yeah, so we have two headquarters, one of which is at 31st and Troost, and that is our high school equivalency and basic literacy reading writing location. Mm -hmm. Those folks are 16 and over. For some reason or another, they find themselves without the high school credential that they need, uh, the, the skills they need to get uh, to be successful in college, um, and they come to us in order to improve those skills to get the credential that they need to then take the next step in life, whether that's career or college. Um, how they find us, that's a good question. Uh, if you think about low literate folks, traditional mechanisms in marketing are not going to work. Uh, so a lot of word of mouth. We have mm -hmm. a pretty wide social service network, social service agency network of partners. Uh, so a lot of caseworkers, social workers, um, and then just uh, family members will will uh, refer people to us as well. And, and a little bit more about your organization. So you have mm -hmm. two different locations here in Kansas City. How many folks are working with you? Um, and, and then uh, then Andy, I already know, has like eight questions. So we'll kick it off to him. Okay, so, so before I go there, my other location is our English uh, as a second language school. Mm -hmm. And there we have about 50 to 60 countries represented, wow. 40 different languages. It's a really, really cool place to come visit if people want to ever see a class in action or something like that, because you can really, I mean, just looking around, it's representative of the entire world and it's really cool. Um, but uh, then what was the question? Sorry. I was just, I know Andy has some, so okay. I, we'll get into, we'll get into employee count here shortly, yeah. but. Sure. No, okay, so oh, right. the, uh, one of my basic questions just in hearing about it, just uh, for the listeners, is this a you come and you graduate type situation or is this a you just go once a month, every single month in order to continue being refreshed with ensuring you do not lose your literacy as an adult? Yeah, it's um, more of the former than the latter. So people will come to us, and it's very—it's much more um, formal than that. But formal is sort of the wrong word. It's—it's it's like a school. It's like enrolling in college. So you come, you go through an orientation and enrollment process. You do a battery of tests, so we can assess where your literacy or English levels are. You're placed into a course, a class that's at the right level for you, um, and then you get an instructor. You're in a class of like. 
uh, students, and then you progress through the curriculum, uh, up depending on you know your own sort of pace and motivation and all of that stuff. So it's a nonprofit. It is. Uh, so you have two brick and mortars. We have two brick and mortars, but then we also have a lot of satellite locations all the way from uh, Excelsior Springs to El Dorado Springs, wow. which is near Joplin. So lots of different spots. So let's talk money. Yeah. How does the money work? Two brick and mortars, who owns them? When you have these satellite locations, are you paying rent? Your employees, are they volunteers? Are they full-time? Sort of how does the cost lay out? And then we can go into yeah. the, the fundraising sure. revenue side of things. Yeah, so we're about a $3.5 million organization. About two-thirds of that comes directly from the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Hmm. The rest of it is then made up through And when you say a $3.5 million organization, that's how much money you are bringing in a year in some form. Yes. Okay. So that's our annual budget. Um, and like I said, two-thirds of that basically comes from DESE. The other third will raise either through foundation grants, private grants, um, and then fundraisers. So uh, event, special events, individual donations, end-of-year campaigns, that kind of thing. Um, and then we have a staff of about, I would say, a core of about 20 full-time, um, and then up to, at any given time, 40 instructors, uh, 40 to 50 instructors. And so we're growing. We're, we've been growing like crazy. We continue to grow. We actually just got a $250,000 bonus from DESE, so we're opening up a bunch more ESL classes starting in January, which means more hires, more teachers, all of that stuff. So yeah. is, is there amount that they contribute mathematical based on what you raise outside of them, or is it a static amount? So when you say two-thirds, one-third, does it just happen to be that ratio? Yeah, that's a good question. So DESE works on a three-year cycle. So up at the beginning of a third-year grant cycle, you will uh, be granted an award amount. Ours was uh, $2.1 million per year for three years. Dependent on your performance, you'll get that renewed. Um, and then at that, toward the end of your third year in the grant cycle, you'll then have to start that um, grant submission process all over again. Um, and if you're performing well as an organization, as a grantee, you will likely continue that same amount. Does performance include fundraising? Not really, but it does include being a stable organization. Sure, so, of course. Yeah, and so we do have to just show that we're you know, doing what we say we're doing, um, and most of that is student performance and progress measures. So you mentioned that you're growing, which one, that's really, really exciting. Is that uh, indicative of there being more of a need previously for folks to uh, be able to learn, read, write, all these things, yeah. or is it that you guys are doing such an amazing job finding these folks who already existed and previously weren't getting services, or is it a combination? Like, what does that growth look like for y'all? Yeah, that's a good question. And I always have to sort of talk in two dualities, one being our English-speaking population and then the other being our non-native English speakers. Sure. Um, the latter, uh, we're now seeing an, another increase in refugee and immigrant populations mm -hmm. coming into Kansas City, and so we want to be responsive to that. Um, the former, uh, I think it's more of, uh, you know, we're one of the only organizations in the city offering this type of service right now. Um, we have really clear pathways to, you know, like MCC um, community colleges, to jobs. So we're building our workforce development programs and offer forklift and CNA and all sorts of things like that. So it's fairly, you know, um, 
I don't want to say easy, but uh, high demand, uh, high paying job credentials. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think the the more our reputation grows as an organization that can swiftly and um, effectively get you what you need to take the next step, uh, you know, I think then more people come. But it's not because there are more, you know, low literate or uneducated people in the city. Um, That number hasn't been measured for about 15 years or something like that. But at at the last time it was, there were about 225,000 in the city who are at or below an eighth grade level. Mm. And these are native English speakers we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, people like you and me, you know, very adapt, very well adapted to the community, very well adapted to what they do, super smart, creative, resourceful people, just didn't get what they needed the first time around sure. for whatever reason, um, and then they find their way back. So if you think about 225,000 a number of years ago, think about, you know, the population growth and, and education opportunity or unopportunity, or lack mm-hmm. thereof, you could probably safely extrapolate that there's more now than there were then. So, so going back on the business side, um, your two main brick and mortars, your satellite locations, do you guys own your brick and mortars? We do not. So we are a long-term uh, tenant with Operation Breakthrough at the 31st and Truce location. We have about 10,000 square feet in one of their buildings. Um, and then- Are you uh, required to pay a market rent or because that's sort of like a nonprofit- mm-hmm facility, it's a much reduced rate? It's not much reduced, um, but it is, you know, a partnership because we serve parents of the kids that they serve. It's a really symbiotic sort of relationship in that way. Um, And uh, so we're sort of an anchor tenant for them. um, And it's nice to have those complimentary services there and available. So it's it's not fair market value, but it's also not a Sure. Radically reduced rate, sure. um, and then at our uh, our other location, main location at is at Twelfth and Vine, um, at the Climber Community Center, mm-hmm. and that's actually a really cool sort of three part collaboration between us, Don Bosco School of English, or Don ba- yeah Don Bosco and um, the Housing Authority of Kansas City. So we worked out a deal where Don Bosco would help support the school because they they serve a lot of refugee and immigrant communities. And the housing authority would allow us to have a non-dwelling lease agreement so that we don't have to pay rent there, but we can run our services out of that space. So, so you know you're a $3.5 million budget organization. You're getting $2.1 million a year from the grant process. one4 you're having to raise every single year. Nonprofit fundraising is exhausting. I'm yes, sure you... <laughs> are you able to get a grant in your next application cycle for three and a half million because you have shown that that is what it is and almost like uh, translating away from them saying, you know, oh, go raise money yourself into them saying, wow, look at the good you do. What if you didn't have to focus on the fundraising side? Yeah, that's a really good question. But the beauty of being a nonprofit and having the um, sort of these diverse um, income streams uh, is that Desi's very, very specific in how you can spend their dollars. 
So the privately funded or the privately raised money, the nonprofit raised money, um, that w we have a lot more flexibility mm -hmm. in how we spend those dollars. And so that way we can offer a lot of wraparound services for our students. We can offer positions like a student advocate who can help them find um, you know, additional resources that they need or whatever it is. We can offer family reading programs that we can't offer through DESE funding. Um, we can do a lot more, I don't know, we can make the organization more fun to work out. We can do sort of culture investment with that money. Um, and like just yesterday, we had a, a sort of fun um, early Thanksgiving holiday kind of party with our the entire staff. And But I can't spend Desi money on that kind that of stuff. How did you get into this? Uh, that's a good question. My whole life has sort of centered around language and literacy. My parents mm. are teachers. Profess, one, one's a professor, one taught English as a second language. Um, and I, you know, always thought that I would be an English teacher. And then I went to college and I started learning all about um, the nonprofit side and just actually being a practitioner rather than a teacher. And I really like solving problems. And this seemed like a big one. Um, and I, and I thought that I could maybe, you know, move the needle a little bit on something like this. And so between, you know, my English major, my Spanish major, my Latin American studies, and then my uh, MPA, my public administration, it all sorts of, sort of overlaps into this kind of work. And I found a home at Literacy KC. It's not just that you found a home, though. I mean, you've, you've been wildly successful. Like, you are an award-winning <laughs> nonprofit CEO. Uh, we've, you're not an award winner. I'm not an award winner. Maybe you have. Um, it, there's a huge. I won a lot of awards in right. math in elementary school, I, I, and I come from the education space, right? And so there's a huge difference between being an educator and running an organization. And so how how or where did you develop the skills to take on an organization that has such a great heart and that is doing such amazing things? But there are a lot of nonprofits that don't grow, and there's a lot of nonprofits that get stuck at three people and fundraising to get their ten thousand dollars a year. And so you've done a lot more than that? Like, how did you, how have you done that? And I think my follow-up is, what do the next five years, or the next 10 years look like as you guys continue to do amazing things here in the city? Yeah, first of all, thank you. Mm -hmm. Very kind. Um, and it, I do like to look back at the last 10 years because it is quite a story. I mean, when I joined Literacy KC, it was a very much one of those like mom, mom and pop kind of volunteer run shops. Mm -hmm. And there's um, nothing wrong with that, no, right? No, which there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I mean, I joined, I, that's where I wanted to work, you yeah. know? And then um, we had a $350,000 annual budget, and now we're at $3.5 million. Wow. We had like four people on staff, and now we have 60 to 70. Um, and so, yeah, it is quite a growth story. Uh, but really, you know, when people ask me that, I'm like, show up and do the work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to, to say. Write that down. See, yeah. a, see a problem and solve it. You know, if the finances are a mess, fix it. If the accounting's a mess, fix it. If the programs aren't legit, improve them. You know, make sure your students are happy, your clients are happy. That Think of it from their point of view. How would you like to experience this place, you know? And really, that's what it was. Like, I wasn't scared to try something I'd never done before. For a while, I was the grant writer, the program director, the, you know, all, all of the things. And now we are to the point where I can divvy up some of that work, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's really nice. That's well, awesome. if you ever wanted to buy your building, I'm sure Emprise <laughs> Bank would definitely be willing to look at it and, and help you guys be able to knock no, it out no, and yeah. make it easy on you as well. Yeah. Thank well, you. 
we, we could keep talking. Uh, I'm, you know, Andy and I love doing this podcast because we get to talk to folks in Kansas City who are helping the city get better and helping the city grow, and you all have certainly done that. But we have to cut the interview off at some point. I always like to end with a final question. Uh, like, aside from kids or anything, like, what is the coolest thing that you have ever done? Like, your favorite experience? Uh, I traveled all over Argentina by myself for about two months once, and that was really fun. And I got to do everything from see the waterfalls in the north to mm. hike the ice glaciers in the south, and um, that was a really cool experience. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Well, sure. Well, Jelaine, on behalf of Empire... That was probably before kids. <laughs> yes, long before kids. And now I don't do anything cool because I live at baseball and basketball courts. <laughs> those are... Those are- pretty cool. Maybe in Argentina Which is really someday. cool too. Yeah. Maybe in Argentina someday. <laughs> On behalf of Emprise Bank, the Jay Rieger & Co. Distillery, Swell Spark, and Let It Fly Media, thank you so much for coming and spending time with us this morning and for doing what you do in Kansas City. We're excited to see you all continue to grow and change the city for the better. Thanks for having me. It was fun.